Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a lounge singer to be their office receptionist. Hello, this is Mickey Marquis, and you've reached the office of Doug and Associates. <laughs> Thank you very much. Catch me Tuesday nights at the Hotel Johnson. Hello? But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Doug and Associates, this is Mickey Market. Hello? For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. Check out the latest footwear innovation from Adidas, the AdiZero Adios Pro 2, which features carbon fiber energy rods that are both lightweight and precisely tuned for a more anatomical transition. Everything from the ultra-light polyester upper to the re-sculpted midsole and the reinvented outsoles are designed for speed. Visit adidas.com to learn more today. I'm George Batista, and you're listening to Wellness Talk. Hope you had a great week. Wellness Talk is a show that goes over the latest in health, healing, nutrition, fitness, natural things you can do to help enhance and hopefully live a long and healthy life. As always, Wellness Talk is for informational purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional medical advice of any kind. It's not intended to treat, diagnose, prevent, or cure any illnesses. So always consult your physician. All right, we're going to go, go over some good articles this week. As always, you can go to georgebatista.com to read these articles, ask me any questions. You can also find me on Facebook uh, under Wellness Talk, uh, Wellness Talk with George Batista. So you can just look that up. And if you want to follow us as well, and either one of the websites, you can uh, subscribe to the feed, and this way it'll give you... Uh, it'll give you a, a heads up every time I'm doing a new podcast for the week and also when I've posted some articles. Okay, let's get right into the articles for this week. First thing we're going to talk about is, this is from wellnessresources.com, uh, nutritionist Byron Richards. This is I3C and DIM for breast cancer and prostate cancer prevention. Well, uh, I think you, unless you're, you know, living under a, a rock, you pretty much know the incidence of breast and prostate cancer because it's all over the media, all over the news, and just getting worse and worse as time goes along. And also, there are new detection, you know, newer detection methods as the, you know, years have gone by. But this is a study on nutrients that are actually helping prevent and even stop. Uh, breast cancer and prostate cancer. This is this is some serious stuff here, and these are being studied by um, pretty much mainstream, not you know not only alternative cancer um, uh, institutes, but mainstream cancer institutes as well. Well, we're going to get into the two nutrients. I'm going to uh, go over them a little bit, but I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, what it says here first. Now. I'm quoting here from the article. It says, U.S. researchers at the Roswell Park Cancer Institute found that intake of cruciferous vegetables in premenopausal women 
was inversely associated with the risk of breast cancer. Very interesting. Now, let's talk about cruciferous, cruciferous vegetables and what it all means. Cruciferous vegetables contain sulfur-rich uh, nutrients that need to go through an enzymatic reaction before producing the cancer-fighting uh, nutrients that we're going to talk about. Now, the cancer-fighting nutrients that they're uh, referencing here, there's two. One is um, endo-3-carbinols, okay, or I3C for short, and the other one is diendolamethane, or DIM for short. Now, the enzyme that does this is called myronase. Now, myronase is what converts the nutrients in the uh, in these vegetables into endo-3-carbinols and diendolamethane, which actually in turn have a, an effect on uh, not only cancer prevention, but also cancer pr treatment. And again, these are part of your cruciferous vegetables. So when you, when you chew cruciferous vegetables, um, the enzyme actually gets started. That whole enzymatic process gets started and then eventually leads to those, uh, those nutrients being released. Now, let's talk about first of all, the previous studies that have been done on this, because this, there's been uh, a wealth of studies that have been done on this in the last, you know, let's say 10 to 15 years. Actually, it was discovered about 15 to 20 years ago that they really started to go in on these nutrients. First of all, let's talk about uh, endo-3-carbinols. Now, endo-3-carbinols is the compound found in things like broccoli, cauliflower, collard greens, Brussels sprouts, cabbage, all different types of these cruciferous vegetables. Now here, I'm going to quote here uh, from, one of these, uh, from one of these researchers. Now the researchers found that endo-3-carbinols modulate an enzyme called elastase, in turn changing a gene signaling switch called cyclin E. Now during cancer, for example, cyclin E takes on a shorter form, and that's what makes it, that's what gets into the uh, reproduction of cancer very rapidly in the body. Okay, But now what endo-3-carbinol does, it blocks elastase from changing the cyclin E to the shorter form. So basically it stops uh, the cyclin E from getting to the point where it starts to get the cancer from from um, from spreading. And that's that's huge. I mean this is huge. This is from cruciferous vegetables. It's, it's, it's fantastic news. Now the other study was done on diendolamethane. Now, diendolamethane is actually a derivative of endo-3-carbinols. Okay, so now this was, um, first they did a couple of studies here. This was a, an animal study, and it showed that diendolamethane can profoundly inhibit the spreading of breast cancer cells to the lungs. Now, this was in animal studies. Okay, and then there was another study here, and this is one more study that added to the significant body of literature. Uh, in this case, it showed that diendolamethane could prevent breast cancer cells from spreading. Re now, they, what they did was, which was very interesting, reduced the key inflammatory markers. The, the main key inflammatory markers in your body are interleukin-6 and tumor necrosis factor alpha. Those are released in response to inflammation. And they're, they're also involved in the spreading process of cancers and, and, and diseases as such. So diendolamethane was responsible for actually halting those uh, those things and the um, the inflammatory markers in, involved in the spreading process of cancer. Very interesting. So now this brings us back to uh, some of the uh, latest research on this. Now 
let's first of all let's let's talk about your cruciferous vegetables again the broccolis the cauliflowers and all these types of vegetables which we know you should be getting at least at least five to seven servings or maybe even more in your diet every single day now here's the problem with that number one most people are not getting it plain and simple okay you know you have to really think about when you're eating are you getting five to servings of fruits and vegetables a day most people are not so you know number two when you do eat these cruciferous vegetables you know depending on how many servings you have obviously you're probably going to get let's say 15 to 100 milligrams of these servings when you eat them you can only get so much uh, in in you know what you're eating and then and then here's the third problem the third problem is how you prepare it now those who are in the raw food industry will tell you uh, and correctly so that the many of the, the the best ways to eat these things are raw or slightly cooked because what happens is when you cook these um, cruciferous vegetables especially at high temperatures and you cook them thoroughly you um, you leach into the water the actual uh, at least 30 to 50 percent of the nutrient content from the cruciferous vegetable so when you're eating that vegetable and it's highly cooked you're not getting that content you're not getting the the actual most of the content that you need and you know that's part of the problem as well so think about it if you're if you're eating vegetables on a regular basis but they're highly cooked you're gonna lose a lot in it so the suggestion is to if you are gonna cook it either lightly steam it or um, or uh, lightly saute it and then again you can always go with the raw food uh, idea and eat it raw but those are the best ways to try to keep our try at least maximize the amount of of the IC3 and the DIM that can be formed from the food that's what you, that's what you're looking for now uh, we know we know that uh, let, let's talk about breast cancer for example okay we all know um, that uh, estradiol okay which is a hormone in a, you know a, a female hormone it's, estradiol is a form of estrogen and it's it's basically released every month during your menstrual cycle but it's also it sets the stage for um, for childbirth basically it's 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 you know it's really proliferative in the fact that it sets the stage for childbirth if you didn't have estradiol you wouldn't be able to have uh, children okay pretty much but now estradiol in the body is metabolized in certain ways here's the problem there's two different pathways estradiol can go down as far as um, metabolic reaction okay the first one is called 16 alpha hydroxy hydro um, I'm sorry hydroxysterone okay uh, and the other one is called 2 hydroxysterone here's the problem if too much estrogen goes down the 16 hydro uh, I can never say this but it's hydroxysterone pathway it's not a good thing because what happens is that stimulates the growth the growth of breast cancer okay now if it's going down if as most of your if most of your uh, estradiol is actually uh, metabolized in the 2 estrogen pathway or 2 hydroxysterone pathway then you're getting a good balance in your system okay so uh, women with breast cancer are known to have higher levels of the 16 uh, hydroxysterone pathway which is a primary indicator in breast cancer risk in relationship to 
postmenopausal women, and this has been studied, and this has been going on, you know, like I said, for the for the vast number of years. And this is one of the primary markers of breast cancer. Now, here's the thing: researchers demonstrated in women. I'm quoting here: researchers demonstrated in women at risk for breast cancer that that at a dose of 300 milligrams to 400 milligrams a day of endothricarminols can significantly change the ratio of estrogen metabolism, reducing the bad and, and boosting the good, or actually stacking the odds in your favor. They also tested 200 milligrams, but 200 milligrams were not effective. Now, if you consider you're getting 50 to 100, maybe 150 milligrams of of cruciferous vegetables when you eat it, let's just say on a daily basis, and that's when you're eating good chunks of it, 200 milligrams here was studied and it wasn't effective. Okay, it started becoming effective at 300 to 400 milligrams. So what is that telling you? That tells you that eating it is good and you want to eat and you want to get the most nutrients, but a, you know some supplementation is also going to help you out to get you to those levels. The supplementation that I always suggest is whole food supplementation. In your so those of you who are drinking and eating you know your greens powders, your your superfood powders that contain the raw organic nutrients of these uh, endo-3 carminals and dianolomethanes, cruciferous vegetables, those of you who are taking those on a regular basis are getting extremely high concentrations. Now add that to your eating of your cruciferous vegetables, you're going to have, uh, you're going to flood the body with phytonutrients, you're going to flood the body with polyphenols, you're going to flood the body with chlorophyll, and these things are going to produce high amounts of these nutrients, which are going to actually start to guard you towards the prevention uh, of these types of cancer. Period. End of story. Okay? This is what, you, this is one of the things that you need to do. Okay? So, this is you know, this is studied here. Now listen to this. In 1998, the University of California, Berkeley, researched, uh, the researchers injected endo-3 carbonyl directly into breast cancer cells, okay? So they did it directly into it, okay? They had, there was nothing in between. This is what they found. Endo-3 carbonyl halted the cancer cell division by blocking cancer cell DNA replication. That's unbelievable. Think about that, okay? So they injected it directly into the cell and it halted the vision and blocked DNA replication. This is from University of California, Berkeley. Now, this led to more studies. This is what they did. Uh, this led to another study by the same researchers to see if endothricarbonyl was as effective as tamoxifen. Now, we know that tamoxifen is one of the things that's used in, in the treatment of uh, or in the uh, treatment, usually after breast cancer treatments and uh, surgeries and things like that. Okay. Now, but we also know that tamoxifen carries side effects, um, and uh, one of the side effects we know, which has been studied, is the increase in uterine cancer. Now, this is from tamoxifen, but this has been used for a long time. Okay. Now, this is what they did. They had. Uh, groups of, of women, and they injected the first group of human breast cancer cells with endo-3 carbonyls, a second group with tamoxifen, and a third group with both. Okay, so that's three groups, and they and and this is a highly controlled study. This is let's see what they found here. The cells injected with tamoxifen alone experienced a 60% inhibition 
in DNA synthesis. Okay, 60%. So it was effective 60%. The cells injected with endothricarbonol, okay, uh, alone had a 90% inhibition. Okay, so that's 90% effective. And here's a, here's, a, here's a better one. And the combination of endothricarbonol and tamoxifen had a 95% inhibition. So think about that. Think about think about what I, you know. Think about what I just said. These studies support the use of endothricarbonol in the prevention and recurrence of breast cancer. Okay, I'm quoting here. Now, let's 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 see what the MD Anderson Cancer Center, which is mainstream cancer research. Okay, again, this is mainstream. This is a quote from the MD MD Anderson Cancer Center. Okay, this their scientists concluded, and I quote. Numerous studies have indicated that endothricarbonol also has a strong hypoprotective activity against various carcinogens. Initial clinical trials in women have shown that endothricarbonol is a promising agent against breast and cervical cancers. Okay? This is from MD Anderson, MD Anderson Cancer Center. This is not me saying this. So and they don't and if you know anything about the MD Anderson Cancer Center they don't say anything like this until they have hardcore data okay you don't you know that's 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 true so that's unbelievable information and what is this again we're talking about cruciferous vegetables i mean and and we're not even counting exercise and and all the other things that go on now let's talk about prostate cancer the same research group at Berkeley also showed that endothricarbonol has a powerful prostate cancer killing ability in 2003, and I'm quoting this, they demonstrated that endothricarbonol could directly interact with prostate cancer cells and kill them, okay, and kill them. They also showed that endothricarbonols lowered the production of prostate-specific antigen, which is PSA. In 2005, they proved that I3C directly interacts with the androgen receptor to, produce, to, to reduce the spreading of prostate cancer. Now, it goes on here. It goes on even more. It talks about obesity. It talks about obesity and cancer. I mean, it's just unbelievable what, what this is showing. So, at the end of the day, this is hardcore data, and even the mainstream media is catching on to this. So, you know, there is, there is alternatives out there. There is things you can do on your own to really help if you're struggling with this issue or if you just want to have high, uh, high protection. You want to put yourself in a very protective state uh, regarding prostate or breast cancer okay and um, again this is not counting we've, we haven't even talked about you know overall diet overall lifestyle overall you know we haven't talked about sugar which uh, which cancer feeds on we haven't talked about low oxygen which cancer feeds on we haven't talked about um, you know uh, exercising and reoxygenating the, the the body okay we haven't talked about pH yet so this is very, very interesting and very promising. Check it out. On that same line, we're going to talk about alkalizing foods. We can go back to your cruciferous vegetables again, but also, okay, this is from naturalnews.com, John Benson. Now, we know, okay, and this has been studied, you know, 
This has been studied and research is going on, but we know pretty much it doesn't take a genius to figure out that chronic inflammation causes most illnesses out there. Chronic inflammation, we're talking about diseases from diabetes, we're talking about cancer, we're talking about heart disease, uh, you name it. Chronic inflammation is where it begins. Now, how does this happen? Well, you have to think about it. Our diet is, uh, you know, the, 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 the standard Western diet is not great if you're following it. You know, it's, it, it is what it is. I mean, you, you think about it. You can either go down that path or you can start to look at a more natural, holistic way of looking at things. And, you know, which is a, which is a, uh, you know, a better path, in my opinion, to be on. Let's talk about the body. The body is constantly trying to reach a point of homeostasis. Okay, homeostasis is basically a, a, a balance. Okay, that's the, that's the natural balance that the body is, you know, trying to achieve. Okay, uh, it's a state of equilibrium. Now, that homeostasis is, is normally um, when, when you have no illnesses in your body and you have no types of um, diseases going on. You, we're talking about the body has a pH. Now, if you look at the pH, just like your pool, when you're checking the pH on your pool, your body has a pH, an alkalinity, an alkalinity level. Okay, that level is about 7.365 to 7.4. Now that's slightly alkaline to full alkaline. Now to do this, the body draws from the nutrients that you put into your mouth via food. Okay, when there is not enough nutrients to maintain this slightly alkaline state, the body draws from a backup nutrient reserve. That backup comes from your bones, it comes from your muscles, it comes from other reserves that you have. So, when these backups run dry, the body's internal biological terrain becomes a hotbed for chronic disease. Okay, that's very simple. So, what you want to do is you want to keep your body, um, you want to keep high levels of nutrients in your body so you can keep your body as alkaline as possible. So, all natural foods contain both acidic and al uh, alkaline forming elements. Okay, all of them. Some contain more alkaline, some contain more, uh, more acidic. But it's not the organic matter of the foods that leaves the, uh, the, a the acid or the alkaline residues in the body. It's actually the inorganic matter. We're talking about sulfur, phosphorus, potassium, sodium, magnesium, calcium. Check out the latest footwear innovation from Adidas, the AdiZero Adios Pro 2, which features carbon fiber energy rods, that are both lightweight and precisely tuned for a more anatomical transition. Everything from the ultra-light polyester upper to the re-sculpted midsole and the reinvented outsoles are designed for speed. Visit adidas.com to learn more today. Cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions. Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments where bold moves require confident blueprints where you can accelerate transformation through consistency, where you can innovate forward and never look back. SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at saic.com cloud. 
Becoming a magician takes thousands of hours. Right, Ashley? Oh, I'm not a magician. I'm a design specialist at the container store. But you transform closets and pantries. Well, I turn your most frustrating spaces into ones you love. With a magic wand? Uh, with Alpha. Our customizable, adjustable, and affordable shelving and drawer system. The amazing Ashley! Making daily frustration disappear. <laughs> Just doing my job. Transform your space with Alpha and save 20% on purchases over $500. Get started with your free design at the container store today. These are the things that determine the alkalinity in your body. Now, what are the foods? Let, let's go over some of the foods that, that uh, can help you with this. Okay? I'm going to go over a list of things. And again, uh, some of this is your cruciferous vegetables, which we've talked about. But other things, um, cucumbers, chia seeds, figs, sprouts, dates, string beans, root vegetables. Now we're talking about carrots and beets and turnips and all those types of things. Avocados, almonds, a great source of protein. Fresh coconuts, raw grass-fed milk. Okay, not, I don't mean regular milk. Raw grass-fed milk or almond milk or coconut milk. Leafy greens, we're talking about kale, spinach, Swiss chard, turnip greens, raisins, lemons, cayenne pepper, wheatgrass, which is excellent for the immune system. Melons, watermelon, cantaloupe, honeydew, all alkalinizing food for your body. Okay, these are things you should be consuming on a regular basis. And again, those of you who are taking your compounding powders or juicing, those of you who are juicing, even better, are getting these things on a regular basis. Okay, I take these things in the morning every single day, sometimes two or three times a day, because I know I'm flooding my body. I know what it does. So you really have to... Um, look at what you're doing, look at your diet, and try to, because, again, disease cannot live in an alkaline state. Okay, remember that. So you have to, you want to keep your body to that point, because your body's trying to get to that point in the first place. And again, you can use diet and nutrition and, and lifestyle and all these things on a high level to keep your body up there. But you have to know what you're doing. You have to do it in the right way. Because there's a lot of wrong ways to do it. There's a lot of there's a lot of people who are pushing a vegan and vegetarian lifestyle, okay? But they are they are very very unhealthy. I've heard people say, "Well, I know a vegan, and yet he got all these diseases," okay? But you have to remember, there are unhealthy vegans out there. There are people. I mean, just because I don't eat meat, but if I I can see I can go and eat a veggie burger with French fries and hot dogs, or or, or you know a veggie burger with French fries and a coke and say I'm a vegan. You know that doesn't mean I'm, that doesn't mean I'm necessarily healthy. So there's ways of doing things, and you have to do your research. You have to work with qualified people to make sure you're going down the right path. Okay, that's my message. All right, wellness resources. Friendly flora helps turn off inflammatory genes and combat infection. Right. Well, several new studies show that friendly flora such as Lactobacillus planetarum can reduce inflammation while directly improving your immune system to deal with H. pylori. Now, H. pylori is a normal inhabitant of your system. Okay, it's actually it's in your digestive tract. H. pylori. It's what happens with H. pylori is that it can form a germ gang and wreak havoc on your stomach. And actually, it's the uh, it's been proven to be the uh, the main inhabitant in your system. That if it goes bad, it can lead to uh, ulcers. Okay, that is the main ulcer forming uh, problem in your system if it goes bad. So. Um, the researcher the researchers found that friendly flora direct, directly interacted with gene signals from intestinal tract tissue 
to reduce multiple effects of inflammatory signaling. Now, again, friendly flora is your, your probiotics, which you can get in supplement form. You can get it from things like Greek yogurt. Okay, you can get it from, uh, you can get it from certain dairy products, but a lot of the mainstream dairy products are loaded with so many things, you really don't get much probiotics from it. Uh, but a good probiotic supplement is a great way to go. I always recommend it. Now, the researchers pointed out that this system-wide impact on inflammation is an attempt by the friendly flora to help reduce or restore natural balance, again, homeostasis, to the digestive tract by calming down overactive T-cells. Okay, because we know that overactive, overactive T-cells can lead to huge problems, which can, you know, lead to digestive problems, autoimmune problems. You know, T-cells start reacting on themselves and start reacting on the body. can lead to a lot of problems. Again, this goes back to the homeostasis or natural balance of the human body that it's always trying to get to. Probiotics have been shown to uh, help with that and help the body get to that level. So... Um, I'm always suggesting probiotics on a daily basis, you know, um, hope that helps. Science Daily, this is mainstream science. Yoga may help stroke survivors improve balance. This is from the American Heart Association Journal, Stroke. All right, now we know, you know, I'm a big advocate of yoga and the positive things that it does because yoga can improve so many things in your body if it's done correctly. So, this is what they did here. They, they, the study was on uh, 47 participants and these were veterans. Um, and these were, these were people the, um, that, uh, actually the oldest person I think in this study was about 90 years old which is uh, interesting, but anyway, they studied 47 participants, um, and they were divided into three groups. Okay, now group one was a twice-weekly yoga group, and they met, they met basically for eight weeks. Group two was yoga pl uh, a yoga group that did also twice daily, but they actually had a relaxation and meditation um, course that was done with it. Okay, that was uh, also to be done three times a week. And um, then there was a usual medical group that really didn't do any rehabilitation. This is what they found. Now, of course, the, you know, the yoga was taught by a registered yoga therapist. Compared with patients in the usual care group, which pretty much had no rehabilitation, those who completed yoga and yoga plus significantly reduced, I'm sorry, uh, significantly improved their balance. Okay, they found that the survivors in the yoga groups had improved scores for independence and quality of life and were less afraid of falling. Now, you got to remember, these were stroke survivors. Okay, these were pe people who had already had a stroke, and now they're getting rehabilitation. So, um, and this is a quote from one of the people here. For chronic stroke patients, even if they remain disabled, natural recovery and acute rehabilitation therapy typically ends after six months or even maybe a year. Okay, so this is, this is normal mainstream rehabilitation. So what they're saying is that those who continue their therapy with yoga, with meditation, with those types of alternative therapies, greatly improved their balance and their overall quality of life. They also showed that they showed improvements in their mindset and their uh, and um, you know about their disabilities in general. So they actually had an overall positive 
outlook after they did these uh, therapies. This is significant for you know for older folks, especially you know stroke survivors. Because we know so many people suffer from strokes, and you know there are silent strokes where people don't even know they have. Then to the larger you know more massive types of strokes, but you know yoga can help these. Now you have to remember that you know if you're studying with a qualified yoga um, therapist, they know how to help people even with these types of illnesses they know how to help them um, get in and out of yoga postures you gotta remember that not all yoga postures are right for everyone so these people who um, you know some of them may have you know had um, weakness in one side of their body because sometimes stroke does lead to that you know they but these therapists can we're helping them actually you know um, with these types of things, okay? Because, you know, usually yoga is done on both sides of the body. If you twist on one side, you twist on another side. So, again, it's very important when you're working with a therapist, work with somebody who knows what they're doing, has worked with these types of injuries and these types of, uh, you know, um, conditions before, so they know exactly what they're doing. But if you do work with a qualified person, this is, this is you know, fantastic news, how it can help people, stroke survivors, regain balance, and, uh, you know, just overall outlook on life. Yoga helps so many things, and I, you know, I, I, I think it's one of the best things out there, done properly, done correctly, used correctly, it, it improves so many things. Okay, now, naturalnews.com, Jonathan Benson again, the art of of mindful eating and I found this interesting because this is uh, something that um, that most people today don't even take a look at because of the way our society is so rushed these days everything is going a hundred miles an hour especially if you live in a metropolitan city like New York you know Los Angeles and you know all these different cities everything is so fast-paced compared to you know the more uh, quote-unquote uh, slower pace type of areas everybody's rushed everybody sits down and they have their I mean I could be walking in Manhattan I could see a dozen people eating as they're walking I you would see people on the subway eating as they're going to work you see people driving and eating their foods, their breakfast, their lunch. I mean, and, and think about it, somebody who's driving and they're eating their meal. Uh, they're, 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 you know, obviously if they're driving, especially in the city, and if you know anything about New York City, it's, it's tough to drive in. You know, there's so many things that'll make you angry, that'll make, you know, people cutting you off, your cortisol level goes up, your hormones are out of balance, everything, you know, you're angry, and then you're eating at the same time. I mean, people do this. I've seen people do this. Now, you know that when all these things are going out of whack, your digestion is not going to be proper. Your, di your, your body's not going to digest the right way. So, you know, and this, this could go on. People sit down to a meal and eat their meal in five minutes and run out. So... The, you know, this is a quote from this article here. The only way to truly achieve vibrant health, as far as when it comes to eating habits, is to practice the art of mindful eating, which involves devoting special time for meals, eating meals slowly, appre uh, appreciating the meals that you eat, and then eating meals that agree with your body's nutritional profile and needs. So those are, th those are three concepts right there. Okay, you're eating, you're eating at the, the best time. You're, the, you know, the time that you're eating, um, how you're eating as far as slowly, 
and then eating the right foods. So what does mindful eating entail? It, it entails setting a time, a specific time to eat, uh, something as simple as sitting down at the table either alone or with friends or with family and savoring the meal in a peaceful way, encouraging, you know, encouraging dialogue there, and, you know, that type of thing. Now, and I'm talking about dialogue as far as anger, you know, or, or um, debating somebody over the table. I'm talking about just nice, peaceful dialogue. Um, choosing foods that are nutritious and beneficial to your digestive system. Again, fruits and vegetables, you know, things that things that are, are going to enhance and help digestion, enhance it and help your body, give you energy. And, you know, mindfulness in general uh, is the attentive awareness of the present moment, what you're doing. People are eating and they're, they're, they're reading the newspaper, they're watching television, they're doing other things. They're not being mindful of what they're doing. And in turn, their meal is gone before they even know it. So, when you're eating... You know, chew your food. First of all, you have to remember, digestion starts when you chew your food. That's where it starts. It doesn't start in your stomach. It starts when you chew your food because as you're chewing, enzymes are starting to be produced. The, uh, digestive enzymes are starting to be pr uh, produced right away. So you have to understand that that's where it starts. Then the food goes down. Then you, had to, you get this peristaltic wave that starts to the whole digestive process. And then it starts a chain reaction in your body that starts all the flow, the enzymatic flow to break down the foods, to break down the fats, to break down everything so the body can get to the point where it takes, the, takes these nutrients, it can use it throughout your body and give your body what it needs. That's what eating is for. You have to remember, eating, eating food is for... Yes, you want to eat for pleasure, absolutely. You know, I mean, you want to eat a good food, you want to get pleasure out of it, absolutely. But eating in, in, in a nutshell, in general, is for, uh, for nutrition. It's to get your body the nutrition that it needs. That's number one. That's what it's for. So, you want to consider what you're doing. So, you know, be thankful for what you're eating. Consider where the food came from, how it was produced. Chew each bite thoroughly. Again, people don't chew these days. And the problem is that the body was not designed to have clumps of food come down that is not chewed properly. Okay? It's not it's it's not designed that way. The design the body was designed when it takes your food, it was designed it was designed to um, digest your food in a soup type of scenario. If you think of soup, like a thick type of soup, and then to uh, assimilate it in the way that it was properly supposed to be done. It's not to, it's designed to take a piece of meat that's only partially chewed. So, again, think of those things when you're eating. Eat slowly, chew your chew your food, and 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 take some time out. Try to take. I, I guarantee you, if you have digestive problems, you're going to you're going to see a, a difference in those digestive problems just by the way you eat and just by how you chew your food. You know, it's it's very very helpful. And then if you take, you know, if if you are having digestive problems, take enzymes and probiotics on top of that, and um, I think you'll you'll notice a big difference. So just something to keep in the back of your mind. Mindful eating, you know, check it out. Last study here. This is from Mercola.com. Dr. Mercola. Now this is Harvard study confirms that fluoride reduces children's IQ. 
and I'm quoting here from Dr. McCullough, a recent published Harvard study meta-analysis funded by the National Institutes of Health, Mainstream Science, has concluded that children who live in areas with highly fluoridated water have significantly lower IQs than those who live in low fluoride areas. Well, let's talk about fluoride. Fluoride, uh, first of all, fluoride was... Uh, is is pretty much added to about 70% of US public drinking water supplies. Okay, fluoride has has been around for a long time. Now, you have to understand something about fluoride. Let's let's go back a little bit uh regarding fluoride. The Journal of the American Medical Association stated September 18, 1943. It issues that fluoride fluorides are general protoplasmic poisons that change the permeability of the cell membrane by certain enzymes. Okay, so I quote: Drinking water contains as little as 1.2 um, ppm fluoride, which will cause de developmental disturbances. We cannot run the risk of producing such serious systematic disturbances. The potentialities of harm outweigh those for good. This is 19. This is 1944. Okay, and this is this was the American uh, Dental Association as well as the American Journal, uh, um, the Journal of American Medical Association. Okay, so they're basically saying that fluoride is toxic and should not be used. But yet, fluoride is put into 70% of U.S. drinking water. Fluoride is put into toothpaste. Fluoride is put into many other things that people don't know about. Okay, now findings from a meta-analysis. I'm quoting. Um, of 27 studies published over 22 years suggest that inverse association between high fluoride exposure and children's intelligence. The results suggest that fluoride may be a developmental neurotoxicant that affects uh, brain development at exposures much below those that can cause toxicity in adults. Unbelievable. Okay. Now, Let's talk about some of the things that fluoride can do. Number one, fluoride can also increase manganese absorption, compounds, um, compounding problems such as manganese in drinking water. Now, drinking manganese in drinking water has also been linked to lower IQ in children. Now, fluoride suppresses the immune system. It inhibits the, the movement of white blood cells by 70%, thereby decreasing their ability to reach their target. Okay. They're finding that fluoride now can can be uh, problematic with thyroid. Fluoride fluoride could be. <clears throat> let, let's just go over uh, the things that fluoride affects. Fluoride can uh, can lead to uh, in, 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 it can lead to increased lead absorption, disrupts synthesis of collagen, thyroid disease, arthritis, dementia, muscle disorders, bone cancer, low thyroid function, increased tumor and cancer rate. This, uh, disrupting the immune system, which we already know, Inhib inhibited the formation of antibodies, I increased uptake of aluminum, um, impaired antioxidant defense systems, and I can go on. So, fluoride is ex is as toxic and you as you can get. But yet, you know how many people now? I know there are certain states now in the national. Um, there are certain. Uh, there are certain groups now that are going after states because I know certain states are starting to address the fluoride issue, which is good. And now there are actually even people in Congress 
that are actually starting to catch on to this, which I don't know why it took them so long, but there are people in Congress that are now actually starting to look at this issue and saying they're trying to reduce the amount of fluoride in drinking water. Well, you know, I mean, fluoride, again, is in, is in a whole bunch of other things. My suggestion, if you wanted to limit the amount of fluoride intake, and I don't know if you'll ever be able to get rid of it fully as far as intake, but number one, as far as your drinking water, that's number one. What you want to do is get yourself um, a reverse osmosis filter, okay, because one of, the th one of the best things to try to get rid of fluoride uh, another thing you want to do, you want to, you want your floor to go, you want your water to go through a, a very deep filtration system as as filtrated as possible. Also, um, something as simple as um, toothpaste. You want to, you want to use a tooth. I know I use my toothpaste do not contain fluoride. My daughter's toothpaste do not contain fluoride, and she and she's been using those toothpaste since day one. Okay, so. There are many, many brands out there, and you can check in your local health food stores that have toothpaste that do not contain fluoride. My suggestion would be taken because fluoride has not proven to be to be safe and effective, and fluoride is now being proven as the years go on, and more studies need to be done on this. But fluoride has been proven to be neurotoxic to children and also problematic for adults. So, my opinion: stay away from it at all costs. Okay. That's my ranting for this week. Hope you guys got some good information from this. And uh, again, georgebatista.com for, um, for to check out the articles I will be posting. Also, Facebook, Wellness Talk with George Batista. Check it out as well if you want to follow us there. Otherwise, that's, uh, that's it for this week. Hope everyone has a great week. I will be back next week with some uh, new articles. Until then, have a great week, everybody. Take care. Check out the latest footwear innovation from Adidas, the AdiZero Adios Pro 2, which features carbon fiber energy rods that are both lightweight and precisely tuned for a more anatomical transition. Everything from the ultra-light polyester upper to the re-sculpted midsole and the reinvented outsoles are designed for speed. Visit adidas.com to learn more today. Check out the latest footwear innovation from Adidas, the AdiZero Adios Pro 2, which features carbon fiber energy rods that are both lightweight and precisely tuned for a more anatomical transition. Everything from the ultra-light polyester upper to the re-sculpted midsole and the reinvented outsoles are designed for speed. Visit adidas.com to learn more today.